Yeah, this is Sam and Maggie Hate Glee. This is a podcast where we talk about Glee and apparently yes. some politics stuff, which we'll see if that makes it to the final cut of this no, episode. we're going to cut all of that. Uh, yes. Just know that I stand for ContraPoints. <laughs> uh, and who doesn't, really? If you don't, yeah. if you, if the name ContraPoints doesn't mean anything to you, look it up. Then who Very the good. fuck are you? No, 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 no. Uh, honestly, no, 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 no. If you don't know who ContraPoints is, turn the podcast off, you know? <laughs> no, uh, no, 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 turn it back off, please. No, no, um, turn it off, because uh, I don't need you here. Sorry, I need was, you here. I want, I want to share this with you. Um, yeah, maybe yeah. I should be really be using this as a platform to proselytize for ContraPoints. Right. Sorry, Natalie. Uh, sorry, s- sorry, yes. Miss Wynn. Yes. So anyway, we're talking about Glee today. <laughs> yes. This this week we're talking about season four, episode twelve, naked. Naked. Ooh la la. Um, yeah, and let me tell you, nobody actually gets naked in the episode, so they well, trick you, Maggie. We can debate on that. There are people that don't wear shirts, which is that's not in being some naked. ways considered naked. If anything, that's being clothed because you still have clothes on. <laughs> being okay. naked means yeah. you are nude. Birthday sure. suits. Uh, okay. It was directed by Ian Brennan and written by Queen Ryan Murphy. Uh, okay, yeah, not surprised yeah. there. Um, no, inter- not a not a big surprise at all, because we have an interspersal of uh, like extreme shame, yes, uh, and boring jarly garbage. <laughs> yes. Um, just to finish out the boring stuff we do at the top, uh, this originally aired on January thirty first, twenty thirteen, with five point four eight million viewers, which is down from last week's six point seven mil- seven no- ugh. 6.79 million which is funny because mm. it means that people turned it on for the first episode of the year and then just didn't again just didn't watch it anymore yeah seems about <laughs> right yeah uh we start off the episode on probably uh like the best part of the episode yes which is a shame <laughs> um it's uh hunter clarington on the news like he's leaving some courthouse or something and uh reporters are hounding him <laughs> until yes. he like roid rages on someone and <laughs> attacks a reporter. Yes, it's great. Uh, Hunter Clarington has charisma even when he's throwing fits. Honestly, that's where his charisma shines the most. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. My like this essentially is just to establish that yes, in fact, New Directions is back. They're in yes. for regionals. Um. Also, my question. Was when I watched it the first time, and in my notes, why is this on the news? Which immediately another character also asks. Andrea, yeah, we've met her before, but yeah, yeah. Rod Remington is like breaking down this Hunter Clarington story, and Andrea, his co-host and I guess former lover, is uh just like this is bullshit. Why is this news? I went to college for this, and like ends up throwing some shit around and quitting. <laughs> yes. uh, hell yeah, Andrea, live your best life. And Rod Remington is just like, guess I'm going to get a hotter, younger co-host, which is gross. Rod Remington is maybe the worst character on the whole show. I don't know if that's uh, true, no, but he is very maybe bad. Maybe it's Figgins? Maybe yeah, it's... Figgins is probably the worst one. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a fun... We didn't get a recap, so that's great. Um, 
And this is a fun way to start the episode. Mostly <laughs> in the sense that news is bullshit. Cable news yeah. is terrible. It's definitely high energy. And this isn't cable news. This is just like fucking local oh, you're Ohioan right. It's news. even worse than cable news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so. uh, then we go to the choir room where Finn addresses the new directions saying that, yes, we did it. Now we have to get $400 to go to Indiana. <laughs> Indianapolis. Yeah. Is Indianapolis. where Rachel's going to be. Um, which like Artie calls the Paris of the Midwest, something along those lines. Uh, yeah. And when the bake sale is brought up, they reference that it only worked last time because Puck made edibles. Yes. So, Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, this leads... Tina then suggests a... Quote, oh, oh, but oh, before what? before Tina does her pitch, Joe offers to sell his hair, and Sam offers to sell more semen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah. I thought both of those jokes are good. <laughs> I do, I do. I mean, I, I do... It, it's great because Kitty has a response to Joe that is like... Yeah. I, I don't like, know. She's like, no one would want that. Gross. <laughs> yeah, well, she, she does suggest a few people who might want it, specifically yes. Rastafarian kids with cancer, which is yes. just kind of a dour thing to say, or haunted, or uh, uh, what is, trimmings for haunted pirate ships. Which yes, <laughs> it's very good. So yeah, yeah, that's that's a good roast, Kitty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But finally, they settle on Tina's pitch, which is the men of McKinley calendar. She has noticed that this is the hottest crop of boys that Glee has ever had. So yeah. she's like, we need to capitalize this and make them all take their shirts off for a sexy calendar. And yes. everyone's about this, except for Artie. And, of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tina has a weird moment where she's like, Blaine can be sexy Santa. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to get to see his naked torso. And Blaine's just like, Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. It, Artie Artie brings up why are we objectifying men and not objectifying women? To which yeah. Kitty replies that um, women are responsible for the consumer-driven economy. Um, and She's not wrong. They're the reason that Twilight, even though it's poop on paper, would turn into a billion-dollar industry. That's which... pretty intense. Um, Twilight's not that bad. Hating on it is just kind of a meme, especially by older white men. Thanks a lot, Ryan Murphy. Yes. Um, if you want to know more about that, check out Lindsay Ellis's YouTube video about <laughs> Stephanie Meyer. Let's just yes. keep um, suggesting YouTubers for everyone to watch. Sure. Uh, um, my there's friend... a very cute yeah. moment with Go Joe and Unique. Um, where yes. after Kitty mentions Twilight, Unique's like, Team Jacob. <laughs> and, and Joe, like, confusingly, like, gives Unique a high five. It's amazing. I yes. loved it. Yes. Um, yeah, I didn't know how to feel about that conversation because, mm. like, like, it's just kind of sexist in all directions, which is like, yeah. I mean, I'd rather it was that way than just o- overtly sexist against women. So, like, yeah. Yeah, but um, I think yeah. everyone's pretty intense about nudity in this episode. Like nobody d- treats it like a normal thing. There's just sort of body shame in general. Well, uh, I, which is I, not I, the best way to approach yeah. media for young people. I think. Yeah, <sighs> I, I when we get when we get to the other storyline that involves nudity, I I think we can talk about it more because I I have some questions about that there. Um, but, I mean, for this, I mean, on the plus side, we're back into, like, our usual 
stupid plot line with New Directions, which is that they have to scrounge together some money so they can actually get to competitions. <laughs> um, yes. It's been a long time, so thank God we're here again. Um, <laughs> uh, yes. I like. I sort of like how Artie is trying to deflect with misogyny. It's yes. very on-brand for Artie. <laughs> yes. Um, Lots then- of characters are very on-brand this episode, except for a, a select few, which I will definitely yes. tear into later okay but before we get there we have the return of fondue for two <laughs> Brittany, <laughs> Brittany, um sort of corners marley and is like what are you doing today and then we just cut right to fondue for two with the whole um uh you know theme song yes theme song it's very and good there's, uh, there's some very obvious sound effects during the episode too like blinking noises like the blip, blip, blip. yes <laughs> like, yes as people blink okay well, yeah, because uh, it, it doesn't have, like, Interesting editing too. choices there, yeah. Lord Tubbington. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because it's definitely, like, hammed up to, like, be, like, very, like... Because we... What happens here? Um, one, bulimia jokes. Uh, yeah. Um, let's just not cover that at all. Marley's yeah. a pet psychic. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Like... <laughs> I, I wish they'd honed in more on, like, Marley being an amateur pet psychic. Well, it's that very... should have been the plot line. Well, in the background of this like episode, Lord Tubbington is like gambling online, um, yeah. which is <laughs> bizarre anyway. But then uh, Brittany tells us that uh, he's actually a slumlord, and um, none yes. of his buildings are up to code, which yes. the families who live there deserve a safe place to live. So yeah, um, fuck you, Lord Tubbington. <laughs> Honestly, uh, yes. let's kill all landlords. Um, yeah, then, so this is a weird, this is a weird moment. Brittany, like, tells Marley, it's weird on my part, let me get into it. Brittany tells Marley that she has to confess to Jake because she knows that she loves him, whatever. In my notes, I have, I have written as a paraphrase of Brittany's, um, like, speech, be naked emotionally, Marley. Yes. Which is a literal quote from later in the episode. Yes. Um, how first... did I how did yeah. I do it? I don't know. The the first time I watched this with Chris, I literally turned to Chris after the second one and was like, they had this conversation earlier this episode. Like <laughs> legit. I in my notes I paraphrased and said emotionally strip for Jake. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um we could be writers for Glee, I guess, but I I think we were we're pretty competent. We we could have been in the writer's room two seasons ago. Exactly. We, we would have turned the ship around really hard. Um, yes. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. The So effectively, we get our Jarly plot for the week, which is that Jake and Marley need to be, like, more emotionally invested in each other or something. Like, Yeah. They I need don't to know. talk about their feelings. <laughs> yes. Uh, Figgins addresses the blondes in his office for the next mm-hmm. scene. Uh, and tells them that they have the worst and the best ACT score. Uh, Brittany uh, hacked the SAT somehow. Um, Turns out clowns have... and penises are the way to go. Yeah, she drew. Use yeah, and uh, <laughs> Sam got uh, a score that could be beaten by a monkey. So, which yeah, that's like, where we're at. Yeah. Um. I mean. It's really, I don't know, this is so weird. Like, Brittany does, to her credit, tell Sam, she's like, you don't need to co- go to college like the rest of us. Um, 
<laughs> which... Yeah, I mean, Brittany doesn't realize that this is, like, insulting, which is a normal thing for right. Brittany's character, is, like, saying a bunch of sort of insulting, mean stuff, but in a lighthearted voice because she doesn't understand that it's lighthearted, that it's, like, mean or whatever. Yeah. That's the joke. Um, well, Maggie, in, she's, but... she's going to go to Stanford and Son. <laughs> yeah, that's another joke that Brit- the that they made for Brittany is that she just mispronounces a bunch of university names. Um, And here's, here's the tea. Sam doesn't need to go to college because college is bullshit. (laughs) Well, I mean, but like people want you to have them letters or whatever after your name. Like they don't care that you, (laughs) how you actually did in college. They just want you to be able to be like, yeah, I have a degree or whatever. I have a degree in ancient paleontology specifically for Antarctica penguins. And they'd be like, sure, you're hired to work at Abercrombie or whatever, I guess. So, um, Yeah, I mean, here's here's the tea, though. Sam could become like a like a physical trainer yes. uh, and make fucking bank. Yes. Which, he could become a yoga teacher and never have to go to college. Maggie, not to... What? Um, a broga teacher. Um, but yeah. yeah, we'll get to that later though. In general, that that is the this is the problem with this storyline, is that we've seen it before. This like white yeah. guy is really sad about how he has no skills and no talents and he's really bad and at no everything. Future. And guess what? That's just not true. Like And everyone's gonna tell him he's wrong yeah. <laughs> the rest of the episode. Yeah. Um I mean I find Sam more interesting than Finn. Maybe it's sure. just because um, he's hotter, and I don't. <laughs> I mean, and I like looking at him more. That's yeah. sort of messed up on my part. But I mean, here I am laying my soul bare for you. See, I, I I would say like I think Sam at least has more like evident like hardship in his life that makes me feel yes. a little more sympathetic towards his character having this kind of like crisis. Whereas like Finn has like was always privileged and like always doing fine, so like when but when Sam he... he has a dead dad. Sure, right? Because he never he, the dead dad that he never met. Well, like yeah, it's just I mean, I just this is stupid and I hate it. I really wish yeah. that we could have someone else have a crisis that like you know actually like would be interesting. Like Unique could have a crisis. That'd be interesting. I mean, I don't want yeah. Unique to have a crisis, but I would like Unique to actually be in the TV show more Wouldn't than it be cool two scenes. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool if Unique was in the TV show? That'd Wouldn't be cool. It though? Yeah. Uh, but honestly, maybe it's a good thing that she isn't because they clearly don't know how to write a good story for her. Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Rachel is talking to Electra, the film student, in the next scene. <laughs> We're back in New York. Did you like my impression of Electra, the film student? Yeah, um, yeah. She yes. is pretentious. That's her character <laughs> trait, which is fine uh, because I guess we're supposed to hate film students in this show. Um, <laughs> anyway, Electra has written a, a film, a student film for her like thesis. Uh, at Miata, and Rachel has auditioned for it. This is all implied. We don't get to see any of this. Um, and Rachel is like, oh, well, I'm so happy to work on this film. Is it about your grandmother with dementia? And Electra's like, um, no. Dementia is an allegory for entropy. How dare you? Yes. <laughs> dementia is an allegory for the end of the world. 
Yes. Um, um, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I had in my notes senior senior thesis film in parentheses pretentious. Um. <laughs> also, Rachel, you'll need to get them titties out. <laughs> yes, Rachel is told that for a scene in this senior thesis film, mm-hmm. she will yes. have to get topless. She'll she'll have to expose her breasts, um, which causes Rachel a moment of I don't know doubt crisis yeah yeah she she has um sort of an artistic crisis right well, after electra electra leaves um after rachel says yes i'll do it and well i mean um, she doesn't or say no. yeah in, in she, this she's scene, like let me think about it or something like that she doesn't even like we just i think there was a commercial break probably because it's really mm. like electra's like well you'll have to be topless and then rachel's just like <gasps> and then she kind of like looks down like pensively and then we don't get any resolution there instead uh yeah. instead we have rachel rachel's artistic crisis is portrayed as her having a conversation with her younger more uptight self yes which is amazing <laughs> yes it's like the this most rachel the... thing ever yeah this is one of the best things glee has done in a while honestly um so we talked about it before how when you scroll over the like glee thing in netflix it shows you the beginning of like something like a a scene from the pilot where rachel is screaming there's nothing ironic about show choir right yes which is this rachel that we see yes yeah she's her younger self, just like we we see it later in the scene too, but it's like reindeer sweaters, straight hair, like very high school Rachel. And it's amazing that like yes. these two characters talk to each other, and we get to see that there's there's been sincere growth, or at least change, um, yes. from past Rachel to this Rachel. Past Rachel calls current Rachel a porn star. <laughs> Well, yikes! Says, um, says, also criticizes her hair. Yes, and current Rachel is right. Is like maybe you're right. Comment taken. And it's like, hey, come on. I, yeah, I think your her hair, hair looks, looks great too. But yeah, you're not a porn star, even if your hair and makeup make you look like one. So also, you're not a porn star if you get your tits out. That's not. <laughs> but it is. There, there also, are a lot of people who say that in this episode too. They're like, you're in porn now, and she's like, it's like no. Like also, there's no shame in being in porn. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of levels to like how like weird this plotline is and like not yeah. good, like strange and like contrived. But this this performance though, because not only does she argue with her past self, she oh, then she duets with herself. Oh my god, <laughs> it's duet amazing. Of turn, um, torn, torn. Sorry, my notes are bad. Um, yeah, it's torn. <laughs> um, it's amazing i what i really liked about this number is that it shows rachel's growth as a character uh in a lot of different ways like even rachel's posturing is different now mm-hmm. leah michelle's genius yeah um, there's I, yeah. I noticed that specific so we get a we get a montage of lots of different like in the Niata dance studio in the loft in the, like, yeah in the loft where like sometimes past rachel is in the mirror sometimes past rachel is looking into the mirror at current rachel it's all a little artistic and confusing yes but it's fine but but um, specifically there is one scene where there's a line of dance students that are walking in front of rachel and like yeah. every like other dance student it switches between modern rachel and past rachel which is really yes. weird because it makes past Rachel look 
bigger, just like bigger than modern Rachel. And I'm pretty so just sure, like sort of a bad editing. Maybe, thing. but it, it could also be due to like past Rachel, like you were saying, with like her posture is a lot more like uptight and like you know holds herself like much more like steady than modern mm. Rachel's is a little more fluid. So like I don't know. The mirror yeah, thing is weird, we, though. I don't like the mirror thing. <laughs> <laughs> we can even see it in, like, the singing technique that oh, yeah. Leah Michelle applies. Like, past Rachel is a lot more controlled. And if anything, like, doesn't sound quite as confident in her... Yeah. The way that she tackles a note. Like, current Rachel just sort of tears the song apart because that's what she does. Um yeah, yeah, and I, I just, I really like the song overall. I thought it was really good, and it's one of the best things Leah's done this season, uh, because they realized that what's better than one Leah Michelle, Two. Yeah, and, like, in general, like, if anything, it's at least, like, so Rachel that, like, it's just, like, even if so you didn't, Rachel. even if you didn't like the performance or, like, the cinematography or the singing, which, why, how could you not, but, like, you can overlook any of the flaws as just being like, it's like the best scene. Like Rachel. It's the most Rachel thing. It's yes. so fucking Rachel, yes. which is great. Yes. Um, because even though like this character has changed, there's been consistency uh, yeah. with like who she is, which is cool. The next scene is Blatina in the McKinley hallway ogling sam as he comes in from outside wearing uggs and swim trunks and that's it it is january (laughs) yes um blaine and tina confront sam about this um oh but but they get a good stare in yes oh of course (laughs) yeah um but uh we get some confirmation that everyone knows that sam bombed the sats um yes and like I don't know. It feels weird because this is where we start this plotline of Blaine being like, no, you're great, Sam. Like, don't do this to yourself. You're wonderful. <laughs> um, but there is a fun cameo of Neckbrace Cheerio because everyone else in the hallway is, is just... also ogling Sam. So, like, people are just, like, walking in the background, like, staring at his body, which he has <laughs> a lot of muscles. So, like, I guess that makes sense. And that was his goal by wearing what he wore yes. was to have people look at him. Probably, I mean, I don't want to. No judgment here. Well, Good but on that's, you, Sam. That's fashion in general, right? Like, I I don't know. You know, I was wearing um like a cool outfit the other day, and I got a lot of compliments. But paradoxically, I felt pretty self conscious because it was just a reminder that people were looking at me and yeah. my body. Yeah, okay. which is uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, yes. Tina makes some uncomfortable comments herself about Blaine. <laughs> and his little tush, Maggie. And his, his masterpiece baked, baked tush. tush. <laughs> Yikes. I, I don't, like, listen. I haven't been in this kind of situation myself, but if I had a, a friend who was making, like, a friend who's told me that they're into me and I'm definitely not, like, about it. If they were just making sort of outlandish comments about my body, I think I would be like, hey, can you stop? <laughs> well, the yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think I've really been in that situation either. But like... Because it's not a situation humans are in. No. Ever, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's also it's also just weird because like it obviously makes Blaine uncomfortable, which helps like make us feel uncomfortable, which is the point. <laughs> I know, but it's just one of those things. It's like, ugh, like, but I don't want to cringe. <laughs> I'm not here for cringe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sam's uh, Sam announces to the pair Blatina that he's gonna be holding like a seminar mm-hmm. uh, for dudes only. <laughs> yeah. Which, um. I mean, it sounds gayer than it is, and well, we... is it though? Because they do broga. <laughs> Sam, broga is not gay. It's yoga for bros. There's... It's the straightest thing possible. It's there's... the straightest version of yoga. Maggie, there's nothing Hashtag wrong. No homo. There's nothing wrong with being gay. I love a good gay broga. That sounds Hashtag great. Hashtag no homo. Hashtag namaste. <laughs> Hashtag uh, namas homo. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, hell yeah, that's the hashtag right there. No one knows how to spell it, so it's not very viral. <laughs> it's not, not going to trend, good. but it, like anyone who sees it will know what they're seeing. Um, yeah. Uh, Sam, yeah, Sam's yoga class, most of, most of these people are doing a pretty good job. Um, there's like a shot of Blaine in like Lotus pose, yes. like reaching enlightenment. <laughs> is well, like, how I would describe his face. Yes, like it feels like there's lighting to like indicate this too. It's so weird. <laughs> like they're in the locker room, so like I mean, obviously it's a TV show. The lighting's gonna be better than it would be in a real locker room. But like, mm-hmm. it's weird. Artie is uncomfortable. Because he's not doing broga, and he doesn't want to show his body off for the calendar. Um, But this kind of gets shut down in this scene. And instead, Sam tells us about his tips for looking hot. White chocolates, strip tips. Ugh. uh, Which is like shaving your body and putting um, baby socks in your... Okay. Sorry. Dick zone. We, We have to talk about this. Because Chris and I are both very confused about every aspect of this little piece here. Because Sam says the line, "Be like, make sure you use clean ones, because otherwise you'll get athlete's foot down there. Which begs the Do question, one. have athlete's foot? Yes, that. Two, why are you using used, used baby's baby socks? socks? And three, Yikes. like, why would you take, like, why would you take socks from a baby? Like... <laughs> Like, why not know. just buy your own? It's just, um, everything about Sam, it is weird. Like, it's for this joke about athlete's foot, but it doesn't make any sense, and it's just uncomfortable. Like, what? Can Can I ask you maybe a sort of uncomfortable question? Sure. Is stuffing, does it, is, are you putting the socks in front or, like, on? I, full transparency, have never stuffed, so I'm not entirely sure... But my assumption is you just put them, like, next, like, inside your pants. Yeah. In that like area. Nec- like, you don't like put it next on. next to the package. Not yeah. on. Not. No. <laughs> you don't put the package inside. No. I don't think I would get you the, like. The effect. Desired effect. Yeah. Especially <laughs> if it's a baby sock, which, like, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Also, he does mention right in the lead up to this scene, and I noticed it on the second mm-hmm. watch. Um, he's like, if you want to be the centerfold, here are my here are white chocolate strip tips. And I was like, oh, okay. So that's how they try to justify this, like, atrocity yes, yes. that they're about to commit. Okay, <laughs> honestly, I loved this mashup. 
<laughs> I thought it was great, um, especially for um, sort of aerobic jazzercise <laughs> vibes. Yes, okay, uh, sure. They yeah. sing Centerfold and Hot in Here as a mashup. Yes. Um, it's, it's great. Yes. Uh, they start the song with like a spray tan sequence mm-hmm. where Cheerios are spraying them down with spray tan. Uh, and the funniest part is that like someone's going in on Jake's belly and he's just like, why? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, um, yeah. And then because, because the, the joke is, is that Jake is black. So right. the spray tan's not doing anything. <laughs> right. Which There you go. Yes. Um, uh, so to clarify, so Sam sings the majority of the lead for hot in here. But like all the, it's essentially all the Glee guys, um, minus Artie, and then um, Ryder sings the lead for Centerfold. Um, this cuts between like this workout montage of all of like all these dudes like trying to get in shape, and then uh, also a performance for the rest of New Directions like with Cheerios as like weights yes. and stuff. Um, yeah, they yeah. they like lift some Cheerios up. There's some like partner yoga stuff it's all fun yeah it's all it's all in good fun um kitty makes some like eyes at the camera yes <laughs> in parts of it uh gotta love kitty and her chaos energy yes um yeah, yeah. i think overall it's a great performance really high energy uh sam clearly has body dysmorphia issues yes. which has been a consistent part of his character yeah because if you recall like in one of the first episodes he was ever in with a main story it was about his body and yeah. how he doesn't he was uncomfortable yeah. with the way it looked and or he's either he's either really into the way it looks or really not about the way it looks yeah he he's i think the first time we ever talked about like his stuff was that like he talked about his like strict dieting practices um, yes. And so, yeah. And so we get some clips of him, like, using, um, I think they're calipers. He, he's checking his body, his BMI, and then there's also some, like, weighing stuff. Yeah. But um, the big thing, the takeaway here, uh, the, Glee, the Glee Club loves it. They love music in general, so that's fine. But Artie is not excited about it, um, and he does not high-five Finn. So no, that relationship doesn't. is on the rocks. Um. Yeah. Now we're in the teacher's yeah. lounge where Finn is preparing a cup of coffee, we are to assume. He puts okay. a lot of sugar and a lot of creamer. But here's the, here's the tea. He drank coffee in an earlier episode. Yes. Or he was at least drinking something out of a mug. Yes. So, I, I agree. I also noted that the first time I watched it, I was like, last episode, he literally drank coffee without any of this rigmarole. Because, like... In the 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 main reason is that like I could be fine with it if they gave us this montage of him like dumping all this shit into his coffee, um, and then just being like, and then just going for it. But he literally like holds it up to his face. Is like here we go, here goes, and it's like no, 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 you've already had coffee, like, and we you saw just you do it, you just drank it in the background, like we know that you do this. So yeah. Anyway, uh, this is here <laughs> because Sue. Is going to con- he's here to confront Finn about his pornographic smut peddling ways. Yes, uh, and Finn tells her to suck a hot one. <laughs> Which again, also, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I sort, of, I sort of loved that phrase. I don't think you can, Sue. You can suck a hot one. <laughs> Which again, I also like, especially because when I was rewatching it, like Chris was nearby, and like Finn has this line, and then I was just, I had to stop and be like. 
wait, what? And then Chris was like, what? <laughs> is that, is that is, a turd? Is that a dick? <laughs> like, what? Are, but exactly. It's a, it's a real puzzler. It's a head scratcher. Ryan Murphy's an artist. I mean, the, the nice, I will say like, it's, it's in the same vein as they're like, jokey like weird things that uh shannon says sometimes because she's you know a hick or whatever but also like like, finn's like finn's egg corny stuff yeah you know yeah where he just says something slightly wrong yes yeah as a joke um but i'm not mad at it i thought it was funny i'm gonna use it in my real life so here we go (laughs) you can you can suck a hot one uh finn threatens to blackmail sue with uh the penthouse centerfold that Mm -hmm. she is rumored to have done uh i don't know if we've gotten like like set up for that maybe in like some rant to will i mean this whole plot of sue feels so stapled on to this episode like yeah well it's to because we uh, we're to believe that sue wants to destroy the glee club right so she needed to be a part of the episode where the glee club is featured i don't know whatever uh the main thing to take away from the centerfold is that sue was full bush extreme yes. bush you could say more well, bush than human maggie it, the pose is called the not so bald eagle so i don't know if it's like extreme bush but like there's definitely she, some. she said that she redefined the meaning of oh, her suit no you're right i forgot about that part yeah yeah <laughs> jeez I mean, yeah. um, it, maybe she's yeah. the one that like caused the full bush craze of the seventies. Well, I don't know how she would do that, right? How but old why? is she, Maggie? Sam, no, I we know. cannot discuss Sue's age. <laughs> it's not proper. Um, but also, no, it's going to take up so much of the episode. <laughs> yes, to, to discuss that minefield. <laughs> Yeah, so let's come to the next scene with a conveniently placed box of rooster o's. Um, the art department, whoever set up that shot, deserves a medal. It's, I thought it was hilarious because uh, Kurt's eating breakfast at the Bushwick Loft, and naked Brody enters from somewhere. Yes, um, and his dick is covered by the rooster o's. Yes. <laughs> As he's walking, he just sits down at the table, and Kurt doesn't realize that Brody is there and naked until he looks up and is like, whoa! Yes, which, yeah, um, he he then pulls a, in front of my cereal, um, which... <laughs> he's sitting on my vintage flea market chair, Rachel Berry. Yes. Um, Rachel then uses this opportunity to announce to Kurt that she is doing the nudity scene, um, which th- we kind of alluded to this earlier, but Kurt gives her the whole spiel about how it's pornography and like her naked boyfriend lives with them now. And like last year she was wearing poodle skirts and like pining over Finn or whatever. What, how did her life go so wrong? Because it's so wrong to, you know, like be a person or whatever. Um, Kurt's pretty fucking uptight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, Maggie, he's not getting any, unlike Rachel. Sure. So like, he's just, he's, are you, s- yeah. Or Kurt's just like in general kind of controlling and annoying. Yes, which to be fair, I wouldn't be surprised if he was modeled after specific people. <laughs> 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 um but yeah, and Brody defends Rachel's decision. He brings Also, um yeah. Kurt's uncomfortable with uh feminine sexuality. Oh, of course. 
I mean, because he's a misogynist. Yeah. So you get a gay card, and it says, "Watch out for that female." <laughs> like, watch out for women, anything. And you're like, "Oh God, <laughs> vaginas." Ugh. Um, yeah, I don't want to be like judgy, but that's what's going on. It is. No, it totally is. Like Kurt is just like, "Oh, boobs! Don't show those to anyone." Ew, boobs, <laughs> gross. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. He also like yeah, it's weird because he calls. He calls her slutty Barbie and calls Brody misogynist Ken, which like Brody's only like input in this conversation. He's like, yeah, you know, great actresses show their boobs to get Oscars. Yeah. I mean, literally what Brody says is that he's naked in their apartment because he supports Rachel. Right. Like, (laughs) how is that misogynist? Or like pointing out that like our system is really broken in that like women get Oscars when they show their tits. Like. Yeah. Like, I think that that's, if anything, it may not, I'm not saying it's, like, championing, like, you know, gender equality, but I am saying that it is important to recognize these things. So, like, anyway. And, honestly, like, if we talk about this episode as a whole, the only people who get naked are boys, are men. Yes. Which, I, let's wrap back to that in a later scene, shall we? We are still dealing with the male gaze, but it's the gay Gay male male gaze. gaze. Yes. So, okay. (laughs) Yes. Um, So, for now, let's move on to one of the plots we've already gotten to. Uh, Charlie... (laughs) Alluded to. Yeah. Charlie is bantering in the auditorium, um, and then they sing A Thousand Years, which... Before I watched this episode with Chris... It's a Twilight song. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, this was written specifically for, I think, one of the Breaking Dawn movies. Um, and it like Yeah, the- well, it's written for um, the wedding between mm. Bella and Edward. And, like... That is, like... Yeah. This, the, or no, what? You know what? I can't really remember. It's been a while since I've watched those films. Yeah. Films. But, um... Yeah. Which, yeah, like the... It's in the movie. But the artist has said specifically that the song is about Bella and Edward. So, like... Because they're vampires who can love each other for a thousand years. Sure. Um, Chris was like, weird that they have two Twilight references in the same episode. And I was like, no, it's 2013. No, it's, it's not purpo- weird at it's all. It's purposeful. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, fittingly boring, but, like, fine. Like, you know. Yeah. I, I mean... I feel bad that I find Charlie boring, but I like they're nothing, you know. <laughs> like they barely have any individual character development, so them together is just kind of like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not like. I mean, the main thing for me is that at this point, it's very evident that like this is just a thing. Like I don't feel any yeah. tension. I don't feel any like. Yeah. I don't care it is what happens. Devoid of dramatic tension. Yeah, like, literally none. Yeah, um, which I mean, at the end of the song, Marley dramatically reveals that she loves this song when Jake prompts her but to say it. But it's not right for regionals. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. It's yeah. Fine. It's really just fine. <laughs> the next scene uh, is Finn talking to Artie about finding Sue's centerfold. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sort of like an espionage thing in the library where Artie is like, oh, so you're tasking me to go through years and years of vintage pornography. Yes. I'll take that on. Yeah. 
he's pretty excited (laughs) about it. Um, He then takes the opportunity to tell Finn that he's uncomfortable with being in the calendar. Um, It takes Finn a couple tries to understand that Artie is saying, no, I don't want to be in the calendar, period, at all. But when Finn does understand, um, the show sort of jerks itself off. Yes. um, (laughs) About how brave Artie is is being. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. uh, Because... So Artie tells Finn, Finn finally understands, and then Finn's like, yeah, you're right. It's not just girls who don't feel good about their bodies. Good job, <laughs> Ryan Murphy, for writing this plot line. It was so oh, brave job. of you. Good job, all of us, for allowing this bravery to exist. Oh, my <laughs> God. Like, okay. Which, like, um, I don't know. It's weird, but, like, I was just listening to last week's episode of Keep It, which is a podcast that talks about, like, you know celebrities and shit but like there's a huge like debate going on right now in hollywood about how like portraying people with disabilities is like super ableist and not okay which is like yeah i I mean especially portraying people uh like casting uh able-bodied people yes in those roles specifically yeah Uh, we're talking about the brian cranston movie yes Duh. Um, I mean, it's fucked up, right? Yeah. Like, it's fucked up. Artie calls his body broken in this scene. Yeah. That's really fucked up. It's really ableist and pretty garbage. Yeah, which like... Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be an interesting turn to have Artie feel confident about his body? Or like, I mean, <laughs> I would I would feel more okay about it if this was like... If we knew that this was like written... Like either had an actor who was actually in a wheelchair or had some input from someone who is, you know, actually like, like, you know, in a wheelchair or something like that. Just so that way it doesn't feel so like, like it feels like it's like, you know, it feels like able-bodied people being like, Oh, it must be so terrible. I can't even imagine that. Like, it's so awful. You must feel bad about yourself all the time. And it's like, if we listen to them, maybe they'll tell us instead of like putting words in their mouth for them. Assholes. Like, yeah. 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 So that's anyway. That's the tea. <laughs> yes. Uh next scene is Jake and Ryder flexing. Grunting and flexing yes. at each other. Hashtag no homo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, even though they like talk about their feelings. <laughs> yes. Well, and, yeah. So um, get naked together. Yes. Um Kitty and Tina uh come into the they interrupt their flexing sesh to tell them their themes for the calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they leave and Jake shares his Marley, Marley anxieties with uh writer. I called him Rai Rai in my notes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of nice. They, um, you know, they, they talk about Marley and quote saying it, um, which I guess we just are like, it's a teen drama. So I guess we're just supposed to figure out that it's saying, I love you to the other person. But this is but... like such a weird contrivance. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Um, this is where Ryder tells Jake to get naked emotionally, like word for word. Yes. <laughs> um, and this yeah. is where my head exploded. <laughs> Maggie's guts are on the page. Um, but yeah, like. <laughs> And then it just cuts to Jake singing Make Me Love You um, for the Glee Club. No, Let Me Love You. 
Sure, whatever. Uh, which is originally by Neo, but I like this version better than the original. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's sort of boring visually because it's just Jake sitting on a stool with like the big wide sweeping shots of the choir room where the camera sort of goes around yes. Jake and then it goes around Marley <laughs> watching Jake yeah. and then it goes around Jake again. You get it. You. It's the thing. Um. I, yeah, it's. It's fine. Well, the I I wrote down like I really like the way it sounds, which is good for a song, you would imagine. But like <laughs> the tone is like really nice. Like it's really like a nice like soothing sound. Like um my favorite part is I noticed at the end of the number and went back and rewatched it, Kitty is so over this the entire time. She is like like rolling her eyes. There's a bit where in the background you can see her like hitting her head <laughs> against the wall behind her. Like <laughs> It's very good. Like, Kitty's just like, this is so fucking boring. Like, <laughs> <laughs> me too, Kitty. What's up? Uh, um, yeah. yeah, I like how you sort of described the song as a lullaby. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, Marley obviously seems a little emotionally vulnerable. She gets a little teary eyed. Whatever. Well, the next scene Maggie, is Maggie, in, before what? we get there. Brittany and Ryder tried to goad Jake into quote saying it to Marley, oh, and yeah. he doesn't. Um, okay, cool, <laughs> great, great writing show. Whatever, I don't care. They have literally been dating for like a week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, it's obvious that Ryan Murphy doesn't understand uh, human relationships. <laughs> Especially, like, teen human relationships. Well, I, I, I could say, like, I can understand that Glee realized that they really fucked up by getting rid of their old cast. Like, like by, like, having the old cast graduate and then, like, mm. what are we supposed to do now? It's like, it's like if you leave a long-term relationship and then you immediately start trying to, like, like actually yeah, you, Netflix you... and chill with people. Instead of, like, fucking, sure. like, you, you try to, like, actually, like, like you'd be like, yeah, let's watch Marie Kondo's Tidying Up. And it's like, no, you don't do that until you're, like, actually dating. Like, you don't do that on a first date. <laughs> you're just comfortable with the idea of, like, having someone to watch TV with. So, Sam, are you saying you can't learn how to spark joy with a With a romance? stranger? <laughs> I mean, I, I think there are better things to do to get to actually know someone than sit around and watch TV. But... Maybe. I I don't know. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, the next scene is at the Bushwick Loft. Rachel says something asinine about a hipster Russian neighbor. Uh, and it turns out that at the open door, it's not Kurt. It's Santana and Quinn, who have <gasps> been called in um, to as the shame squad. Yes. <laughs> They're here to body shame Rachel until she doesn't get naked on camera that's the goal uh because yeah. kurt called them in to do this santana's technique is mostly negging rachel's body yeah and uh quinn's technique is to say how's future rachel gonna feel about this yes um i did make a note i do like this two 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 rule that they use where it's like how are you gonna feel about it in two weeks and then two months and then two years um i think that's just an interesting way of making decisions um Santana does bring up, like, the fact that the internet exists. Um, we do get a reminder that her sex tape is a thing. And, like, there's a bit where Rachel Googles Santana Lopez. And then we get all of this, like, 
gross stuff about uh, Santana's sex tape, and Santana's like, that's going to be with me forever. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah. But also, like, I hate that Ryan Murphy is kind of demonizing the, like, AFAB body. Yes. It's not good. No. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> I, I think It's not good. It, it's very, like, you, you hit it on the head when you said they're the shame squad. They're here to, like, tell Rachel that she can't <laughs> do the thing because it's not appropriate or whatever. But, like... I mean, I don't know. I like Quinn they, and Santana. They do hone in on that it's like a student film. Yes. <laughs> They're like, this student film is pretentious and probably about well, a grandmother with dementia. Well, that that is Rachel's like, well, because earlier when Rachel's defending it to Kurt or something, she's like, it's a good film. And so Santana's like, <laughs> it's not a good film. It's a senior thesis. There's no way in hell it's going to be good. So like... More shade against and the theme, uh, the film majors, but I think they sort of have a point yes. that Electra's film might be garbage, but <laughs> that's I don't know this whole like body shame stuff. I'm just not about it. No. Like, and and Rachel knows that her breasts are her prize winners. She says it herself. She does. So why yeah. not show the world, baby? <laughs> yeah. Um, um. Yeah. Yeah. They. The scene ends, and we go to the photo shoot. Yes, at McKinley, uh, we see New Year New Year's Blaine. He's wearing a cummerbund, but no shirt. Yes, of course, classy, um, and like a and like a collar with a bow tie on it. Yes, <laughs> um, and a party hat, and he's got a bottle of champagne as his prop. We see Beach Jake, uh, where he's like threatening to punch a, a blow up shark and then is writing it in the next shot <laughs> yes uh we see farmer joe yes who is wearing a big straw hat and has a watering can and like a rake yes that's his props uh and then patriotic writer uh with that's when we cut to the actual um meat of the scene with tina directing the shoot saying Give me I want you realness. That sort of thing. <laughs> Give me sexy liberty. Sexy freedom. Yeah, um <laughs> I don't know. This is just weird. Like Tina is about dude bodies. She loves them. Well, and like specifically Blaine, because there's a bit where um I'm trying to like I think Sam is posing for one of the scenes where he's like he's wearing like swim trunks or whatever. And then Tina's like, no, Blaine, get in oh, this scene, too. You're looking no, real what perky. Happens, like, what happens is that um, Artie is like, no, I'm fine just holding, like, the bounce light thing. Yeah. And um, uh, Tina's like, oh, then I guess we'll just have to do a group shot for August. Blaine, get your sexy butt in here. Like, that's yeah. that's the vibe. Yeah. Um, And Joe is like, great, I'll be here next to Sam. And Sam is like... Oh no, you're gonna look like a bloated Bob Marley. You don't want to be in this with me. You don't want to compare your body to mine. Yes, um, which is mean. Well, but, um, and Joe says, "I'm as God made me, dude." Which I also wrote that down because <laughs> on the nose. Um, yes, he's Jesus. For anyone who's listening is, who doesn't know, he's Jesus. Um, <laughs> he is Jesus. Then Sam um, proclaims that he's lost his pump yes. and can't have his photo taken <laughs> yes he's being a real diva um which blaine then confronts him about it because like we said this is the pep up storyline um 
Blaine, like, Sam gets really negative about himself. Yeah. Like... Blaine is sort of the Rachel to Sam's Finn. Yes. Here. <laughs> exactly. Um, yada, yada, yada. They're still gonna love him, if he, even if he has 7% body fat. God, the horror, or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, whatever. We, we are gonna come back Blaine to Blaine, obviously... Yeah. Blaine very clearly cares about him, though. Yes. And is like, can you stop lifting for a second? A second? Maybe eat a cheeseburger <laughs> every once in a while. Sleep in a little. Skip a workout. It wouldn't kill you. Yeah, th- we get... Uh, Sam mentions that he's, like, exhausted yeah. watching his diet and doing two workouts a day. We should really hone in here. Like, he has an eating disorder. Um, yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. He Yeah, he has some serious body dysmorphia, which, like... I mean, it, not to sound too much like Glee here, but, like, yes, it's a problem that both, you know, that everyone across the gender spectrum has, especially yes. in a, like, super capitalist consumer society. I don't I don't want to go down Where that We're told that though. our bodies need to look a certain way, so we need to pay a lot of money for our bodies to look that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. They really should have honed in more on that, and they didn't do it. I don't know if they could have done it well, but whatever. Yeah. We, we'll never know. Next is Finn's big bluff. He goes to the teacher's lounge and presents Sue with a manila envelope. Uh, and she says, ah, so you found it. And Finn's just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then Sue has like a little speech about how she's like, maybe I do want to actually look at this. I'm very proud of my penthouse centerfold. Let me get a, a glimpse of that taco. Ugh. Gross. <laughs> um, Definitely and... written by a gay man. Um she opens She's afraid of vulvas yeah and she opens it to see that it's just like random papers no, no maggie it's a highlights magazine like for kids just <laughs> so good um finn absolutely gets the highlights magazine in the mail <laughs> yes um but yeah sue was like you idiot you you had me skewered with this and then finn's like Oh ho ho! I have a cell phone because it's 2013, and no one's realized that this is a gonna be such a <laughs> such a fucking trope in, in like five years. Um, but yeah, he recorded. Uh, he, her. he got Sue on tape uh, saying that she did the the centerfold, uh, which, which like good job, Finn. Wow. Yeah, but okay. Here's the other thing. This is like all of this plot line. Which is why it feels so stapled on, because there's never a real threat that Sue is going to actually take them down for this pornography thing. No, um, not at all. We didn't even get a Figgins office scene. Like, that's a staple no. of Sue, like, trying to bring down the Plotting. Glee Club. But yeah, so yeah. it just didn't feel like there were real stakes here. And like, sure, it's funny to listen to Jane Lynch talk about tacos, but at the same time, I was just like, <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't same. think it's going to matter. Um, and it didn't. So. But it's... I think it's supri- like surprisingly crafty for Finn. Yes. Good job, dude. Yeah. Uh, and he's obviously proud of himself. <laughs> yes. He, he has the smug <laughs> grin on his face. Um, yeah. uh, then we go to Emma's office where we see that Blaine has, I don't know, convened with Emma to help Sam. Yes. Sam gets a bunch of pamphlets uh, about colleges. This is literally something that Rachel did for Finn. Yes. If you recall, because then Finn threw them all in the garbage. (laughs) Yes, it's literally the same thing. This one does have a a tiny more, a tiny bit more where Sam's like, well, even if I could go to college, I can't afford it. And then Emma's like, 
here's scholarship even information. In, even in this economy, there are scholarships. Oh, God. I don't want to talk about the economy. Um, Sam is still down on himself by the end of the scene. He's like, well, I'm not special. I don't have any talents. All I could write about is my I, abs. Yeah, I think it's all, like... Emma emphasizes that he's going to have to write a good essay yeah. to get into college. And Sam's like, I can't write an essay. Yes. Um, now we go to Rachel on set. Well, it is. Yeah. We see the movie shot yeah. to open this. It, it yeah. the, the aspect ratio is like off. Yes. That's supposed to imply that this is what's being filmed. It's also in black and white. Yes. <laughs> well, Maggie, it's a dream sequence. So how else would they know? Um, uh, it's also maybe silent, like, cause the director yeah, is talking over it. Is, yeah. Yeah. Electra is coaching Rachel through the scene. Um, which I don't know if, if that's going to be in the final take. Maybe it is. Well, maybe it's sort of experimental. It's weird. Cause yeah. Cause the, the pianist is playing music. It's to set the mood. But like, why would not just have like, I don't know, a recorded track instead of if it's to set the mood like yeah why, why do you have a live pianist i don't know because like you're obviously like if she's talking over it you're not going to use that oh I'm stupid um it's just very pretentious <laughs> you have a live yes you have a live pianist so that rachel can do a dream sequence song yes at the end of the scene that's why yeah um so um, rachel's in a row also yeah. also the entire crew is dudes yes the entire crew yes um, which I think is more telling. Like, here's the thing. We we get to a part where Rachel's wearing this robe and Electra's like, take it off. And Rachel's like, I just don't feel comfortable because everyone's looking at me. How about everyone else strips a little bit too? That'll make me feel better. And so then all of the men... Well, she she wants, like, the crew to leave. Yes. And Electra's like, my DP sculpts with light. <laughs> he needs his entire crew, Rachel. How dare you suggest that? Right. Um, which then... I guess the DP is, like, kind of in the background of the scene. And Rachel's like, well, maybe if everyone else took off clothes, I would feel more comfortable. And then he's like, yes, everyone do it right now. So they all strip off their shirts. And my question was, is this a commentary on the fact that, like, men can be half naked on, like, TV and, like, it's acceptable? Like, I don't know what the hell this is trying to tell us i guess is my real <laughs> statement um that is really a good question what is ryan murphy trying to tell us with this scene like what is his artistic intention because like i don't know it's a lot of non-muscly guys like you brought up it's all men i think honestly the big thing is the takeaway for me is it really is just more indicative of the fact that like hollywood is like overwhelmingly full of men and that's a yeah. real problem than it does say anything about nudity and like yeah, it's it, to, you're right. To me, it says a lot more that it's like, oh, why is this entire crew dudes? Instead of like, oh, wow, there can be half-naked men on TV and they don't have the same beauty standards as, as someone else. And it's like, no, that is not, that's not what I'm getting here. Yeah. Um, yeah, because like, I mean, it's also, because in the first, in the, like a couple scenes ago, we had the calendar shoot and it's like a ton of like muscly dudes who were all showing their skin. And like now it's like some really not muscly dudes, both like all across the spectrum of uh, like weights and body sizes. And like, I guess I I just have no idea why. Like, this is just feels weird. Yeah, the scene isn't. I mean, it's sort of nothing exactly. at the same time. Yes. <laughs> um, 
whatever. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, then we get another like take of the scene and Rachel just outright refuses to do the, the nudity. Uh, the director's like, well then get the hell off of my grandmother's dreams. Great. Dreamscape or whatever. Because Rachel's like, I'm just not ready. Yes. And Electra's like, well, you should have fucking told me that before we started filming. Yes. Which is true. Like, Rachel's just being really unprofessional here. Because. Yes. Okay. Electra's probably had to put all of her own cash into this. I doubt she got a grant. Right. Well, yes. <laughs> to, to do this. Um, so, you know, like, it just sort of sucks. And nobody comments on how, like, what Rachel is doing sort of sucks for everyone especially electra um but electra tells her to get off the set and then it's like all right take five everyone i guess i'll have to play my own grandmother yes Um, which okay to be fair for rachel's defense here um i can understand feeling pressured into doing something even if like like just because the person pressuring you is like seems somewhat authoritative like last weekend me and Chris went and got breakfast, and the lady was like, mm-hmm. well, I got some kind of, like, veggie scramble, and the lady was like, do you want egg whites? Do you want, like, fake eggs? I was like, oh, I'll have egg whites. And then afterwards, I ate it, and I was like, this isn't very good. And Chris was like, why did you get egg whites? And I was like, I don't know. She told me to. Like, she said it, and I was like, I guess I have <laughs> to. you were intimidated by a woman, and you didn't know what to say. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's a big mood for me, also. Um, if, if a woman's, like, authoritative, I will listen. Yes, um, but yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, so now that Sam has told his little egg white (laughs) anecdote, let's move to the next scene. Uh, it, it's the, so Rachel is, like, triumphantly leaving set, like, I, I've become self-possessed because I'm not gonna show my tits on this student film, and the... (laughs) Piano player who was on set to set the mood, I guess, plays um, the intro to Sarah Bareilles' love song, which Rachel sings as she exits wearing only the robe. And I was like, is Rachel going home wearing just a robe? But then we go to, like, the auditorium where Adam's Apples were rehearsing the other day uh, to see Santana Quinn and new outfit Rachel... um, singing together yes yeah um i mean it was it's really good santana's amazing like it's good santana and quinn both sound amazing so does rachel obviously it's great why why don't these characters all live in the same place because it'd be more interesting well i don't know maggie the end of the scene, we get a hint that Santana yes. is coming to New York because yes. she does tell she tells Quinn as they're walking out of that auditorium, she's like, you know, Kentucky kinda sucks. New York is more my speed. And then that's yes. it. That's all we get for that. Yes. Um, but yes. Yes, Santana moved to New York so that we can have actual interesting plot lines here. Please. <laughs> um. Uh yeah. Then we go uh, to McKinley, where we see Blaine supporting Sam some more mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, by making a sweet video for him uh, to inspire him to write the essay for college. And it's a bunch of different Glee characters saying how great Sam is. Santana sings Trouty Mouth. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. There's been a lot of, like... Can, like callbacks to earlier Glee in this episode. Well, Ryan, it, it's sort of like Ryan Murphy flexing. I was gonna say the other writers. Yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like Ryan's just like. I mean, I wrote those episodes, so you know, I know what's in that shit. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's fine. They end up hugging afterwards. It's just one of those things where it's like, I don't know. They also like they also shoehorn in the fact that Sam was homeless again, and it's just like, yeah, I just I don't care. Like that's the that's the overwhelming issue with this episode. I just don't care. Um, like I mean, I sort of care about Sam. Yeah. I care more about Sam than I care about like I don't know Finn. Right, which we talked about that earlier. It's just even so, like there's only so much <laughs> like pity I can take on someone, you know? Like yeah, Sam cries. Um, Finn closes out the video by calling Sam a substantial person. Sure. Sure. Uh, then we see. Sam sort of reconciling with Artie by wearing clothes in the calendar. Yes. Um, yeah, he he essentially, it starts out by him talking to Artie in the hallway, being like, hey, come do those months in the calendar. And Artie's like, I want to wear clothes, and I don't want to be the only person wearing clothes, like, in addition to being the only person in a wheelchair. And Sam's like, you won't be the only person. And then it, like, does, like, a fun spinning transition into a group picture of all of these dudes wearing their holiday outfits um, mm-hmm. but then we get a, like, cut scene between, um, the, like, pictures of each month of the calendar, and then also, like, tons of high school girls buying these calendars. Um. Yeah, because there's, like, a signing. Yes. Um, uh, event where all the Glee guys are signing the their dates of the calendar. Um, and Dottie is, like, super bold. She tells Ryder that he can get it. <laughs> yes, he can suck a hot one. Um. Uh, so my... He can suck Dottie's hot one. (laughs) The weird thing for me is, like, watching this, like, calendar in sequence, Joe is April and May, which means that you have Joe (laughs) two months in a row, and then later, Sam is... Summertime, baby. Sam is August and September, which is just, like... Why not split like like have them switch one of those? Like I'm I'm sorry you're upset, but it's because they want to put Joe in the bunny outfit. <laughs> which yes, I mean And he has to be the gardener man because he's the earthiest. Yeah, I I really like that gardener picture. The bunny outfit's like whatever, but like Yeah, it's just <laughs> should we I I mean would it be um like sort of the antithesis of the meaning of the episode if we were to rate them on their hotness yes, right now? Yes, I think so. Because I think I think the whole point is that we're not really supposed to judge people based on their bodies, Maggie. Mm, fine. <laughs> fine. Um but yeah, I it's the the all the pictures are fine or whatever. Um we get some exposition from Finn telling us that uh they've made three hundred and fifty dollars. And he's telling Sue as well. <laughs> Which Sue is like, I'm going to destroy you, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we get the exit of the Jarley plotline, because Jake gives Marley a calendar that he wrote on his October month, I love you. Love you, baby. Yes. Um, Marley's <laughs> like, I love you too, because it's really easy to say it after, I guess, the floodgates are opened. Um, and then they kiss. And then we get the last number of the episode, which is just kind of weird yes it's not it's not really cohesive with the rest of it um well i mean yeah Artie, Artie says at one point this is a new year new me and sam yeah, like agrees is it, is it cohesive with the episode because there's a calendar in it <laughs> is i mean I, I guess part of like i guess the end point of the sam storyline which we didn't really cover is that like he 
is comfortable not showing his body um which is like <laughs> such a weird thing to say it's like having a new year's resolution where you're like i'm gonna go to the gym less um like <laughs> no that i mean that's a good resolution to have for sam in particular yeah. <laughs> because exactly yeah um yeah like he he is working out too much yes you know <laughs> but like it's just it, it's weird it's just a weird way to end that but like yeah like so they do this number this is the new year um which has this music video vibe because yeah yeah also the lighting from the camera reflects in their irises which makes them all look really weird like yeah it's like those um those like ring lights yes for for like beauty youtubers basically um which does make them all look like aliens yes <laughs> which is funny cuz only in a good way. one of them is and the other another one is a demon <laughs> Which it does make him look kind of demonic. Is a goddess of chaos. Yeah, so. I do. I do like uh, that though because they pair Kitty with Joe, and Kitty just looks yes. really exasperated again. Like, yeah. And Joe's like whipping his hair dancing around, wildly yes. with his. Yeah, he's he's pulling a full on Willow Smith. <laughs> what? A, oh, what? A, what if in a future episode Sam sings? No, not Sam. Joe sings. Whip my hair back and forth. I would love that. What if that happens? I would love that. I mean, he is. I would love it too. I'd love it so much. He is white, and that is like some serious like appropriation of like female black culture. But like, he does have dreads, so he's already on that train anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's already he's already appropriating black culture. So yeah. you know, yeah, um, yeah. It also transitions into like you know normal new directions, kind of prancing around the auditorium. Yeah, stuff. the choreography is just terrible. Like. They, yeah, they run around Artie a little bit, like literally run in a full circle. Um, yes. They just do a couple laps. The Close to the end of the song, they lift Artie in his wheelchair, kind of bar mitzvah style. Yeah, that's also uh, weird. It's like, yeah. it's just weird. I don't like it, but. Yeah, it's not great. Um, and they're all wearing black and white and the lighting does make them all look kind of gray. Yeah. Um, yep. The Then Unique. Uh, gets trotted out to sing the big last note of course yeah that's the other reason i really don't like this number is because it reminded me that unique could be in the show more and she just isn't like (laughs) she just isn't yeah now uh that's the end of the episode yes uh so let's do the podcast business this is the podcast business but it's a metaphor and metaphors are important gold stars are important because gold stars are a metaphor for me being a star i don't know i can't remember the tune of that song no i thought that was really good thanks um now we're gonna do gold stars yes which is where we choose a character who deserves a gold star in the spirit of rachel berry awarding herself one every single day yes Maggie, would you like to go first? Oh, I'm going to give my gold star to... Well, I'm going to split it. I'm going to give it to Rachel for the first half of the episode. Okay. Because I, re- I really love that torn duet. Yes. And I'm going to give the other half to... Um... Well... <laughs> you, you dug yourself this hole, Maggie. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe... Maybe no one? Can I just give half a star to Rachel and that's it? I mean, I guess. They're... That's what I'm doing. Okay. Yeah. Cause... Well, no. Actually, I'm going to give my other half to Joe. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Sexy gardener. 
I'm as God made me, dude. Sexy gardener, I'm as God made me. <laughs> um, yes, uh, much in the like, much in the same of Rachel giving herself a gold star every day. I'm giving my gold star to Rachel. Um, that torn duet is <laughs> literally we talk like we 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 heaped praise on that, but like really, it's just so glee. Like it's like the most Rachel Berry thing. Like yeah, the most Rachel Berry shit possible. <laughs> um yeah, and then I I did have a notable uh a, a notable honorable mention for Santana. Um mostly because yeah. I just oh man, I miss her when she's not in the show cuz like like the scene I miss her too. The, the like shame <laughs> so squad good. scene is like eh, but like she does just have some like zingers that are really good and then her part in Love Song is very good. So yeah. Yeah, um, I think we sort of confuse Santana. Um, we, I think we both are sort of blinded by like how hot she is. Um, sure, because she, <laughs> she says some mean stuff where um, she like body shames Rachel by calling her tits mosquito bites. It's not cool, but like at the same time, you know, I, it's Santana. Yeah, I I would say the issue for me, at least at this point, is that I feel like the show has actually done a fairly okay job of characterizing Santana as the kind of person who is just mean to everyone, but like doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything. Like she she says some like horrific stuff, but she's very like blasé about it, and like there's like a real heart underneath. But at the same time, you're right. Maybe I just think she's hot. Shit. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oops. Um, uh, yeah. Now let's do best number. Yes. We have Torn, Centerfold slash Hot in Here mashup, uh, A Thousand Years, Let Me Love You, Love Song, and This Is the New Year. I'm choosing Torn, obviously, because okay. we already praised it a whole shit ton. But uh, Centerfold slash Hot in Here is definitely going on my workout playlist. <laughs> yeah, um, I picked Love Song. Mostly because it showcases Quinn and Santana and even Rachel. Like, mm-hmm. all three of them are really good. I just, I really love all of them. Um, I, I, I don't dislike Hot in Here slash Centerfold. I just think it's such a weird mashup. <laughs> like, and I do them, I, I do like, uh, the second time I watched it, I did like the fact that Ryder sings the Centerfold parts because he has to sing them in kind of like a rap-esque way. And it just comes off as so white, like very, very white. And like, it's supposed to. So yeah. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now we're going to do the last part of the podcast business, which is rating the episode by giving it slushies. Yes. I'm giving it one slushie. I think it's just um, like the general thesis of like body shaming is kind of weird like it, it doesn't really seem to culminate yeah in any one direction um yeah 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 but but overall the episode is unoffensive and just a good romp it's a good time yeah yeah one slushy yeah i i also give it one slushy um i think in talking about it more like there's a lot of like prudish body shaming which is just really misplaced and mishandled like i don't like it but like it's not yeah. like super heinous. It's not like some of the worst things they've done. Like it's just. I mean, it is. Unfortunately, I think it's just really reflective of like Western culture, which is gross. Also, the way that like Ryan Murphy thinks. Yes. <laughs> maybe. About women specifically. I don't know. Yeah. Or because like 
it's not like people it's not like body shaming is a consistent thing throughout his work no but it's definitely pretty consistent in glee i think it's yeah. um sort of his idea of how teenagers themselves view their own bodies which is not great like to perpetuate that if anything we should be telling teens to love their bodies because that's the least capitalist way to live man yeah i mean he's obviously part of the system but also so. but also glee is fat phobic so yeah exactly um yeah uh yeah i don't know i as i told chris when i finished watching it the second time like this episode isn't bad but it's also not good like we're season yeah. four has really hit that stride where it's just like it just feels so banal. Like, it's just kind of yeah. trite. And, like, it's not... But it's not bad. Like, there are shows where they do, like, really, like, cliche things. And it's, you're just like, really? Like, you you couldn't have done something more original? And, like, it just feels bad. But in, in this show, like... I mean, I guess I'm just biased in the fact that I'm glad they're not doing something horrible. Yeah, maybe we're just used to how they, um... Like, just act out a trope. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we were just used to it. Um, but yeah, overall, this episode is pretty unoffensive. Yeah, exactly. G- good on you, Glee. <laughs> I am excited for um, good episodes, if they exist. exist. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> good points. Um, but now, uh, before we close out the episode, we're going to have a mail time. That was beautiful. Um, um, yeah. What what's the what's the song they sing in uh in blues? That's Clues? what it is. Here comes the mail. It makes me want to wag my tail. Mail. Yeah, there you go. Uh, now we're gonna do it. So we have two uh things to read. One's from Shira, who is a longtime listener. Uh, shout out to Shira. There, she's cool. Um, you should check out her instagram it's at murder and cookies i think yes um do you have the email or do you want she... oh, go for it yeah i have it right here cool. uh there's two main comments on our christmas episode um first it was about how we <laughs> had a technical <laughs> difficulty Maggie, on that one we're not talking about it it didn't happen <laughs> uh the the new version is up if you want to hear that podcast business. Okay? Okay. Eight minutes. The, so, there you go. <laughs> the second point is on uh, the Puckerman storyline from the Christmas episode. Okay. So when y'all say that they sing Hanukkah, oh Hanukkah, I was both interested and nervous to see how they portray Jewish people because I'm Jewish. So I'm not Jewish. Shira is. So I watched just that number and I got to say it was really bad. First off, I don't know why they chose that song because there's way better Hanukkah songs that <laughs> that have multiple verses, but whatever. Anyway, their pronunciation was so bad. Like they were supposed to say Severans and I honestly couldn't figure out what they said, but it sounded like Severan or some shit. And I feel like maybe there was just no research done on how to pronounce the only Hebrew word in the song. With the tattoo thing, I feel a bit conflicted. I have tattoos, but by Jewish law, you are not allowed to get them. And if you are tattooed, you can't be buried in a Jewish cemetery. Obviously, not all Jews follow this law, but it felt weird to have them show commitment to Judaism by getting a Star of David tattooed on them. Uh, <laughs> and when when this and when this is pretty much the only Jewish representation on the show, I it, it felt half-assed. Um, yeah, totally, totally right, Shira. Yes. 
straight up. Yeah, that was um like I I really appreciate like first of all Shira, of course, but also anyone who has a different like perspective than us, specifically like when yeah. they address things like Judaism, like we're not Jewish. Which, so like Yeah, we don't have we don't have any experience um in like with Judaism, so it's great to have uh, some firsthand yeah. uh exper- like uh telling about about, you know, Glee's portrayal. And Shira's right, it, it is half assed, uh and I don't know if Glee knows how to do it any other way. So Which yeah, we've talked about in the past is weird cuz like one of the showrunners is like like notably Jewish. So like yeah. you think he would have more input, but yeah. You you'd think he'd know how to pronounce a Hebrew word. Well, and uh maybe that's being judgmental. Yeah. Maybe he's maybe he didn't go to Hebrew school or whatever. Well, I mean, Jewish kids have to do. But the the bigger thing for me is especially after getting that email, I noticed in this episode that like we mm-hmm. see Jake's tattoo a lot. And it's just like Yeah, it's prominent. <laughs> like it's just one of those things. Well, where... it's because he's taking his shirt off all the time right. and flexing yeah. at Ryder. Being like, hey dude, wanna oil up my guns? <laughs> yeah. But Ooh, let's grunt at each other. <laughs> yeah, but thank you again to uh Shira for sending us that. We really appreciate it. Um like I was just saying. And also the technical thing too, like my B. Sorry, 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 bros. The... <laughs> it's it's okay, Sam. We forgive you. The next episode, episode. The next uh, emails from Jamie. Bless you, Jamie Greenwood. Uh, she says the only way the whole messed up timeline could have worked with the Christmas in New York and the breadsticks dinner and whatever else all happening at the same time is if Brittany somehow used her alien skills to bring everything together, which is probably also what the creators were expecting her to do for the epi- episode. Except she didn't because it just doesn't seem to quite mesh. Love you both. Jamie. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. Thank You're you. correct. Yeah. Um, that episode's timeline is just Way- pretty garbage. So buck wild. Um, if you have input to share on any episode that we have done in the past, present, or future, um, if you're some sort of time wizard, you can email us at snmhakely at gmail.com. Yes. And you can also... Uh, oh. I want input from listeners is Kitty a chaos goddess? Is Sam just humoring me? Is is it? I think I'm right. Is it okay for us to like Kitty on the basis that she is a chaos goddess and not actually just a white supremacist? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and then you can also contact us on Twitter at snmhagley at gmail.com. Or, sorry, at snmhagley. Oops. <laughs> um, but yeah, and thank you to everyone once again for, you know, getting to us really quickly about the issue with last or the Christmas episode. Um, please, if you have anything like that in the future, feel free to just reach out to us and we'll take care of it. Cause we want you to get the podcast business for realsies. It's the most important part of the show. Yes. You could say, you know, is our, is our scientific data collection. <laughs> yes. Um, we also have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash SNM Hagley. Uh, we have some extra content up there and you can also support us. Um, and mostly it's because a lot of our income from there goes to donating to good causes like the Trans Law Center, which right now is a really big deal. So like, yeah, please, if it's a really big deal, yeah, if, if you want us to donate on your behalf, feel free to throw a few bucks our way and we'll do that. Um, yeah. The one thing I could say about, um, the government not respecting, um, the personhood of trans people is that, Hey, we can't be drafted now. So. I mean, there is that. 
Yeah, I, I, it's just, it's really horrible. A lot of... <laughs> it's really, really bad. It's really bad. But yeah, that's just about everything for this week. Um, we'll be back next week uh, to talk about Season 4, Episode 13, Diva. Um, but until then, excuse me, I've been Sam. And I've been Maggie. And we hate Glee. From the top. <laughs> Ha 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 ha!